0: Jonathan Kraft. Bloomberg Business of Sports. From Bloomberg Radio. Hello, I'm Michael Barr.
1: I'm Evan Novi Williams. And I'm Scott Soschnick. Every week at this time, plus Mondays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays, we explore the big money issues in the world of sports. On this
0: week's show, right here, he was in the studio. I saw him personally. I shook his hand. We have Indy 500 driver and mirrored ball champion for people who like dancing with the stars. Elio Castroneves, but first let's get into some of the topics. And let's start with a bid to jack up. Golf course tax rates is failing in New York, and there's a connection to President Donald Trump.
1: I know how to win. I've won. These people will tell you. Have I won many club championships? One of those clubs is Trump National in Westchester, suburban New York. And, Bar, what this is about is the state trying to increase the tax on golf course's they're they're looking at what would the courses be worth if they were developed into, let's say, maybe a, a condominium complex. Like, what's the full value of the course if it was something else? And that's what they were trying to assess the tax value. And Trump National is appealing that, saying, uh, you know, they, they appealed their tax assessment. And then this whole plan to tax the courses at a higher rate seems to have gone kaput for now.
2: Yeah, pretty good story by our colleagues Patrick Clark and, and Sidney Mackey this week. Uh, this one kind of jumped off the page for me. For example, Westchester Country Club, which was a former PGA Tour stop, uh, the town of Harrison and its assessment role values the, the land there, values the course, th- $37 million. If you take the current real estate listings for land, just the value of land per acre in Harrison... You, that might be revalued at 280 million. Yeah. So, valued right now at 37 million, actual value might be over 280 million. That just shows the discrepancy here. And obviously, taxes on the values of those two things
1: d- differ very greatly.
0: Well, I have to ask why the drama? Why the drama all this with the tax rates?
1: Well, do you know why? Every municipality wants more money and they're trying to figure out ways to get it. What was the movie? Remember Rodney Dangerfield where he said the two biggest wastes of real estate were golf courses and cemeteries? <laughs> I don't remember which one that, that was. It wasn't Caddyshack, was it? No, 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 no. But I don't think it was Caddyshack. I don't remember. Back to school. Who knows? I don't, yeah, maybe back to school. I don't, I don't know. But I just remember him saying the two biggest wastes of real estate, golf courses and cemeteries. And,
2: and this was this was carefully followed for a while by, by, by golf course owners across New York, obviously. It, golf courses generally are not doing very well, if you look at them over the past 10 years. Which, by the way, helps the know,
1: argument now that on the reassessed value, that they're not doing very well.
2: Yeah, I would believe that's true, sure. Yeah. But a- any increase in tax, I would think, is an argument that a lot of golf course owners and operators would say, you know, that, that may force us from going from profitable to unprofitable.
0: Let's talk about the NFL union agreeing to mental health and pain management studies and the connection involved to marijuana. Well, the key here
1: is that not just the union, but the NFL and the union together, agreed to assist the players in this way. And you was, don't hear that. Every day. No, I mean, one, you don't hear them agreeing on much. Um, they've started some CBA talks as well. But, Evan, I would say a monumental, huge step for the NFL to be willing to look at marijuana as a pain management drug. Uh, it just you know, it just for a very, very conservative league. They're listening, they're watching, and they're addressing the concerns of the players.
2: And they're not alone. The NHL is also kind of taking yeah. steps forward in, in, into this possibility. Um, I would think, you know, as more and more states legalize recreational marijuana, I would think the, the future at some point down the line is that uh, this will be allowed for for players. I, I don't know how long it's going to take. But you're right, certainly a big step right now. And there have been a number of NFL players Former NFL players, Russell Okung jumps out to me, offensive lineman who has been very vocal yeah. about you know this idea that that this is a healthier alternative to some of the other potentially more damaging pain control medication that that players are using, oftentimes abusing. Um, but it's good to see that the union and the NFL, you know, are, are willing to at least explore the possibility of, of a next step here.
0: Let's talk about NASCAR. They have acquired International Speedway for about two billion dollars. Now that is a boost from NASCAR's offer of about one point nine billion last
1: year. It came up a little bit, just a tad. But the key here is Evan knows that they're both controlled by the France family. Uh, NASCAR is seeking to sell a minority interest in the entire race series by by bringing these entities together. Bankers say it should be easier to actually sell off a piece should they go through with that plan.
2: And why is that? If you're you know, a deep-pocketed person that wants to get into the race business, why do you care whether the, 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 the stock car circuit and the courses are in the same company?
1: I mean, single entity is always easier. I mean, you get your synergies aligned, the redundancies are gone. If you can have a single entity, just more attractive to a buyer, more easily, more easily to make some money. Much
0: easier to shop under one roof.
1: We talked
2: about this a bit when NASCAR made that original bid back in November that, as you said, Michael, was $42 a share. This is going to close, it looks like, at $45 a share, uh, so around $2 billion, and that'll happen at some point in 2019. Uh, Scott, do you expect if there is a, a sale, a, a minority or a majority sale of NASCAR, do you expect that to happen 2019,
1: 2020? What, what's the time frame? i it's 2019, and again, it's going to be a strategic who can make something of NASCAR, who can help them. That's what they need.
0: Let's see what NASCAR comes up with. Now, let's get into this week's okay. interview. First of all, ah, I, I you see can you can't see the smile on my face. <laughs> Why can't I see the smile? Well, you can see the smile, <laughs> but the audience can't see the smile because everybody knows everybody that I'm knows a racing geek. We're doing geek. racing. You're smiling. You're doggone tooting. And you know who we have? We have the man who is in row four for this Sunday's Indianapolis 500. Castro Castroneves.
3: I love the way he said it. Row four. That means brings the number four into the table right now. We're talking about number four, chasing the number four. How cool that would be? Huh? I, I like the way you just you started. This is absolutely. I'm 44. So there is everything's coming into the synergy of the number four. I wish four. I could say Bart did that on purpose. <laughs> <laughs>
2: and there's four wheels on the car, right?
3: There we go.
0: I have to explain what, in case you're, you're not a racing fan, Elio is talking about joining a special club of four-time winners of the Indianapolis 500, and you have a great shot to do it this weekend.
3: Yeah, we do. Um, I uh, well, first of all, thank you guys for having me on the show. It's uh, coming to New York. It's uh, I've been in both situations early doing the media and after the win coming back, which I hope that's what we're going to do, you know, Uh, but uh, it's great to be back and great to be talking to you guys. And hopefully, uh, as you mentioned, uh, we're going to have a great opportunity here to join a a very exclusive club, which is uh, only three drives we're able to do. it.
1: We're in New York, the media capital of the world. Mm -hmm. How much focus is there on IndyCar and where are the best cities in the world? For you, if you're going to say, I'm going to be immersed in Indy, I want to be in what city and where does New York rank?
3: Well, New York is obviously the the top because uh, you have an international community here. I mean, just walking down the street, you I I was actually surprised at so many people asking to take pictures. So uh, it shows that it doesn't matter. It can be
1: is that way. People really they recognize. I I mean, was yeah, you're wearing a,
3: you're wearing a Pennzoil exactly. hat and a team. Penske Maybe that's jet. probably calling the alarm. You look of like attention. a driver. Yeah. Exactly. So. The only thing you're looking at is like a fathead behind you. Elio Castro Neves down the road. Maybe that's why I was like man because normally before even after Dancing with the Stars, I'm. Like, okay, it's you know, I'm not receiving that kind of like, uh, you know, uh, great, great people talking to me and, and talk, taking pictures, but I guess I am calling the attention with the hat and the whole, uh, the whole uniform here. But New York is the, the capital of a media and like LA, Miami, uh, those big places. And, um, every time you come to, uh, to New York, it's, it's busy. It's very, definitely busy.
0: I gotta tell you, you're why we're talking about dancing with the stars, real quick. Uh, in case people don't know. Elio Castroneves won the Mirrored ball on Dancing with the Stars. In fact, that's the only season I've seen of him. Let me ask (laughs) you, what what was your motivation for doing this? Was that you or was that an agent who said,
1: Elio, this is a good opportunity to broaden your appeal?
3: The whole thing started.
1: uh, Apollo Honor.
3: You guys know Apollo Honor. Yes. You know, won eight gold medals. Short speed skater. Speed skater. He did the year before. And actually... I watched it, and I was like, oh, man, that's pretty cool. He he probably he got some moves, you know? And all of a sudden, he went to visit, right this time, actually. He went to the Indy 500. And when he came to my garage, we're just talking, because I'm a big fan of sports, any kind of sports. I'm a big fan of his as well. So I'm like, hey, man, great job on dance. I can't believe you could dance. He's like, you should be on this show. I'm like, "Uh, Paulo, I'm just about to go to the race car. I'm not <laughs> sure if that's appropriate. No, you should be good. In 10 minutes, he described the whole show. Anyway... He ended up talking to the producers. He is the one that started the whole thing. And I'm like, sure, no problem. Anyway, uh, I would say about two months later, uh, the, the 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 producers were calling us. Um, I couldn't actually do it because I was, I was sponsored by Philip Morris. And Philip Morris has a lot of restriction back then, or sp- now you cannot even sponsor anything. So... It, we had to go through a lot of situations, and and everybody like you should do it. I'm like, but I don't know how to dance. You don't understand. Why am I going to go to a place? Then, Elio, you'll be okay. So I accept the challenge. I said, you know what? What's the worst it can it can be? I'll be eliminated the first week. I'll go back home. It's, it was an experience. So for me. That's the mentality I had. In fact, I packed my bag only for 15 days, guys. I swear to God, and I'm de- I ended up staying 14 weeks. So it was a it was a a great challenge. Love the show. Uh, I still watch it, and uh, who knows? Now I have a Miraball trophy in my home. Yeah. It was the
2: Brazilian blood in you, right? Yeah, yeah the that's what, was in yeah. there. That's the whole what time.
3: Exa- exa- <laughs> exactly exactly. Dude, I'm a race car driver, man. If my hips move in the race car, I'm in trouble, right? So, but it was a. I had a great partner, obviously, Jalen Huff and High Hightower. Those two were there. They they are, ath- they are athletes. They are an incredible uh, uh, athletes. those guys.
2: That's a show that obviously reaches a, a different audience than I think the the serious stock and open-wheel racing circuits do. How big was that for Helio, the brand, oh, to be was... successful in that other world as in addition to the, the racing world?
3: I would say 90% today people recognize me because of Dancing with the Stars. I wow. win the bet. We
1: talked about
0: this oh, in the
3: last show wow. when
1: we said I said, I'm curious how much of the appeal comes. I said, I bet it's more. And Eben said no 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 it's going to be from the race car.
2: I would yeah, I would have thought that more people approach you recognize you as the race car driver as opposed fact, to the In fact the dancer. Uh,
3: right after it was 2007 by the way so it was a long time ago people still especially when I go to the planes and drive uh at ten is like hey dance that's with me. <laughs> 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 but it's it's uh but I remember in 2008 the series actually gained about a million viewers just so people Want to see what I was doing, you know? So it was a, an incredible uh, audience. It was a win win to everyone. Let me ask you this then. And we're chatting with
1: Elio Castro Neves. What does that TV show know about mass appeal that a lot of sports, and I'm going to throw IndyCar in there as well because the viewership for the Indy 500 is even down from year to year. What can they learn from Dancing with the Stars? What can sports learn? What do they take away?
3: Well, it's just a, it's a show. You're talking about uh, they can make the viewers, or they can make uh, drama. They can make. They are able to build uh, audience. It's different than Indy 500. Indy 500. If there is a rain, you already lost Sunday. Now we got a race on Monday. That audience is down. Uh, if the race is boring, which. 99 percent is not because there is so much competitiveness, Uh, but you are playing with live situations, so it's a little bit different when you create drama. By the way, this year NBC is gonna be is the first time NBC actually broadcasting, so this is going to be a huge opportunity uh, uh, for a new channel uh, broadcasting uh, uh, the race, and I feel it's gonna be. It is going to explode. I
1: said on the show also, it's going to have an Olympic feel in that mm-hmm. NBC has gone all in on storytelling for the Olympics. True. So have they talked to you? Have they featured you? It's going to be about the drivers, about the cars. I hear they have a feature coming on the milk when you win the, the Indy 500 winner downs the thing of milk. Yeah. Where's the milk come from?
3: That's how <laughs> you get... I agree. Casual fans, right? I agree. I agree. It's going to be their first time, so I I do trust they—they have a great team behind. Uh, In fact, even Danica Patrick, uh, um, their Earnhardt Jr. is going to be on the booth, so you have like. Ha- massive uh uh a uh, very heavy weight uh to commentate at the race which i feel it's 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 going to be a big success i i have no doubt i have to ask too because and it's going to be even sorry to interrupt it's going to be even better success because i'm going to like i said bring the number gonna four <laughs> yeah you're going to win on, <laughs> yeah. what about that you, <laughs> you're you're druthers now do you
1: really want milk when you win is that is that trust refreshing or you trust don't me. Or you,
3: you win you're good okay. you are so thirsty happy you in the moment, it actually tastes phenomenal. All I mean, right. even for those unlike like mu- yeah, milk, apparently you don't. I can't I can don't,
1: see sitting in the car that long. I'm, I'm telling you,
3: it, it is delicious. I think
2: at that point, if it was motor oil, you'd be. <laughs> be <like>
0: yeah. Anything, <laughs> anything
3: <laughs> as long as oil. As
0: long as oil. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> I have to ask because I'm I'm an old school, crumudgeon racing. You to stop it. You're old. No, okay, I can stop it. Old. I, I I just think the excitement of racing. You have 33 drivers with a car strapped to their butt. Going into turn one at about two hundred twenty something miles an hour, and and it, how can the world can that be boring? I I've always wondered about that, but again, I'm an old. Well,
1: let me ask a guy who does it. Do you watch races when you're not racing?
3: I do, I do. In fact, uh, I have so many friends, and it's like yeah, you watching your friend, you know, uh, racing. It sucks because you're not there. However, the worst part is, and I I actually related to that that question if you are in the place like in the race it's it's a little bit frustrating because you're already there in the event if you know how it feels and you're not racing that's a little bit frustrating however if you're at home it's a little different because you're watching you i'm i'm cheering for my teammates especially that i'm not full-time in the car series i'm racing sports car now so i'm watching them in the car i'm like oh you stupid what are you doing man <laughs> you shouldn't do that i know you always do that. so i kind of like talking to myself but uh, um um it is, a, it is a little bit different. Once, I still have the fire in me, and I want to keep going as long as I can. But um, it is a little bit frustrating when we're not racing any fewer at the event, for so, sure.
2: So you just mentioned uh, about a year ago, I believe, you left IndyCar full-time. You're now on the WeatherTech Sports Car yep. Championship, which is a different kind of racing uh, correct me if I'm wrong, I believe it's a smaller series than IndyCar from a
3: popularity standpoint? It's a different uh, uh, popularity, yes, maybe, because um, they, they've been for a long time, but it's more like long-distance race. Mm. So, it's like Le Mans.
2: Like exactly. The, the you race 24
3: stuff. hours, you race 12 hours, you race 6 hours and 2 hours. So, And plus, you actually share your car with someone else. So... It is, it is, exactly. Are you all
2: the same size? No,
3: but that's why. Like, for example, I use this, we call the Ninja Turtle. I use this really pouch in my back, in my suit. So, because my, (laughs) my teammate is like six foot tall. I walk like a six foot tall, but I am, I know I'm not. But so, so I have to be forward on my seat. And and again, so for us not losing time to put an insert, I put in my suit. So it's kind of like really funny, but it is, it is a, a different series. So it's, it's a, and that's why. Spending 20 years in IndyCar series, all of a sudden you change the style. Man, it, it is hard. And, it's it's different.
2: And what was the motivation for you, as one of the better known race car drivers out there, what was the motivation personally for you to jump from IndyCar to something totally different and a different style of racing?
3: Well my boss, Roger Penske, which is obviously I'm the team Penske, and he said, look, I need you. It's a new adventure for us, for the team. We want to go back and we want to win. And he said, I need you there. So I'm like, really? <laughs> Can't you get the other guy over here? <laughs> but since, and then he said, "How much?" <laughs> no, no, it's more. <laughs> I tell you what, uh, it, Roger and 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 Team Pensky, uh, they've been so. I've been 20 years in the team. It would be very hard for me just just because, and uh, ended this relationship for not to be with them uh, and being on another team. I don't see myself in another team. I I really enjoy it because. Again, probably this fire that I still have, it's because I have a great relationship with everyone out there. So I said, no, I accept the challenge. I'll go for it. But as long as I do the Indy 500, it's like, I would be stupid to not have you at Indy 500. was like, done. I'm here. What do I sign? So it was a, it was a great uh, uh, relationship for sure.
2: And I have a stupid question here. Um, the, the sponsors that you have, mm-hmm. Are they all done through your team, or, or do you have personal sponsors as well? How does the sponsorship world work when you are both part of a team with a lot of sponsors and yeah. your own kind of brand yourself?
3: Oh, You see here the penzoil is obviously from the team. Rev that you have here in my, my hat, you see it, it's uh, personal. So we're mm. able to mix it up, and it depends. Um, uh, but normally a team like Team Penske, they're able to... Uh, they don't want the driver to bring any relationship with their. Uh, well, they can have it obviously in a personal level, but they don't want to link uh, their personal sponsorship to their team because they don't want to depend of the driver. Mm. They want to depend of their, their their business, which, which in fact. That's why Roger does so well. The team Penske does so well. They link their business with the sponsorship. So Pennzoil, for example, it's actually a great relationship with Penske Truck Rental from Roger. So they use a lot of you know business to business, and and you have Hitachi. They have a Verizon, which is another big one. So it, it's all about business to business, and and team Penske does better than anybody.
2: Do you make more money? From your own personal sponsors or through the the team side of your contracts?
3: In our our, uh, deal, I feel that uh, our salary is more money than actually the personal sponsorship. Gotcha.
1: Do sponsors want more from not only you but the team these days? They're all measuring the return on the investment. Why am I committing all these dollars? I need more.
3: Give me an example of what it was 10 years ago and what they want from you now. Well, and, and this is just tied in what I just said. They sometimes... Uh, for example, and I, and I say in Shell Penzoil or Penzoil today, they not only a brand in my car, they actually help with the lubricant in the car. So, meaning we have a, 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 a gearbox oil, we have engine oil. And when you have the, technolo- the technology that you can use it, in fact, by the way, this is a true story the same uh, box of oil that you go on a gas station and buy from Penzoil. Is the exactly the same oil that we use in our, in our engine. Hmm. That's really, a rule, isn't it? Almost a rule. Oh, that right? is, is a rule. You're absolutely yeah. right. Because we
1: yeah. always joke that when you see LeBron James sitting on the court and he's drinking, what is it, powered gate, whatever yeah. it is. Yeah, yeah. We're like, Folks, I hope you know what's in his bottle is not what you're <laughs> so, getting at the supermarket. Yeah. No, no, it's, it's labeled power. We yeah. we
3: actually have, in fact, uh, Penzoil make uh, the lubricants made by natural gas, which is uh, uh, thinking about environment. But it is the rules, and we got we don't have a special. But they are thinking about it. They are thinking about the loop Not only that, we have the uh, all the areas that you can lubricant, you know, on the wheels and things like that. They are partner of us on the, on that. So not only a name on the car, but it's also a, a partner on the race team as well.
0: We're talking with Elio Castroneves, row four for this Sunday's Indy 500. Uh, and I have to bring this up. And, uh, okay. If Let's I can. Uh, <laughs> we never you know. It wasn't me. We he never where we know where the no, car is going. No. It, might, it might be one of my teammates. No, no. I, I, I we was thinking. You got the Chris Rock excuse. Yeah, yeah, it right. wasn't <laughs> me. <laughs> <laughs> I always think in the most... Heartbreaking loss at Indianapolis was J.R. Hildebrand. One stinking turn. He was on the last lap coming out of four, and he hit the wall and that's when well that wasn't smart of him what well, <laughs> uh. he, he got he he was trying to pass a car on the outside yeah. and apparently he got into some of the uh, marbles and it just took him to the wall and that was uh, the late great uh, dan weldon that's when he went by and he won the race yeah i i think of those heartbreaking moments what in your racing career has been the most heartbreaking moment that you've had in your time
3: well, that's a great question, by the way, um, and and I I feel in that situation for Hildebrand, uh, bad coaching. You know, the team, as as again, I just talked to someone uh, just coming over here an in interview. This sport is not about an individual Even that we are driving the car, there is so much that can go wrong, so much, and it's not about only you, but it's about the team. So in that situation, to be honest, I would say it was a bad coaching. They should tell him, look, you are. 10 seconds ahead of the second place. Just finish the corner. Does just he, bring it in.
1: As someone who's not a racing aficionado, does he not know that?
3: But sometimes, you know, 10 seconds, if you have somebody in front of you, you can lose that 10 seconds in one. And then you lose, you could lose a race. So that's what I'm saying. They could coach him a little bit better. Lift, take it easy, just bring it home. There was ways to do it. However, anyway, he learned his lesson, unfortunately, the situation. But in my, my case... I I remember in uh, 2003, I had the best car. I I start from the pole. I was leading the entire race, and uh, I had a backmarker in turn two. In 40 laps to go, I took a chance and I almost crashed with this guy, but kept the lead, no problem. 20 laps later, 20 laps later, same corner, same driver. So what I did, I used my experience. 20 laps before. I lift off because I thought the guy is going to chop me again. Well, I didn't know that he's gonna what he was going to do, so he actually slowed down, waiting mm-hmm. for me to pass him. So I had a five-second lead, no problem. However, because of that momentum, I lost it. I, uh, my teammate was back then, Jules De passed me 20 laps to go. I was never able to recoup. I lost the race. So that, for me, was like I should have continued. But shoulda, could it, you know, it's one of those Are things. Are you happy
1: if a teammate wins? Like, how do, how does that work?
3: Well, good question. You compete against with him. so sure. So he's a competitor. However, he helped you to also develop your car because you're using a lot of his information. So in the end of the day, if you think about, yeah, sucks because he got the the that day, it's his day. But I had also my day, you know, and in the end, the win the the team wins so Roger is specific on that which I feel that's why everybody really enjoy to work with Roger he compensates everyone no matter who wins everybody's equal and um, I think that's why the team has such a success because everybody really wants to win for him
2: this is the stuff that I think Broad, racing broadcast should get deeper into this. I, this the strategy underneath it, the Agreed. things that you're learning the from the, the guy that you're racing against, who's also a teammate. Uh, I kind of liken it to the conversations when you see golfers talking to their caddies,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and you're like, "Wow, these guys are dialed in." You know, their wind speed, the mm-hmm. looking at the tree. The is it a half seven iron or is it a full eight iron? Uh, it, it's those conversations that I think that that casual fans would might be more drawn to to watching a sport if they even understood kind of the deeper levels beyond just driving fast and trying to get to the finish line first. No,
3: it, and, and again, for example, in qualifying, I qualified 12, uh, my teammate got pole position. So you're like, "Whoa, wait a minute. <clears throat> Why didn't get the pole position? You can't get four cars in number one, you know? <laughs> it's impossible. So one day, that, that was his day, which I'm super happy for him. Great guy, Simon Pagino. By the way, he's very strong, so he has a good car. However, it's 200 laps, anything can happen, so you just got to be there in the end and hopefully... Will be him and I of battling for this. <laughs> <laughs>
0: and I should add, too, for people again who, who aren't familiar, Simon Passioneau, he's on the pole. And I'm talking about a Nats Petuti away from averaging 230 miles an hour 229.992 miles per hour.
1: I'm going to round that up if it's okay. That's fine. We can <laughs> round still, that up to 230. Uh, it's still pretty darn fast. Yeah. <laughs> that's, pretty, that's the takeaway. It's pretty darn fast. Real well, quick
2: before we go, can we talk about the ring? Yes. You're wearing a checkered flag, diamond studded uh, ring. What is that from? Oh, this is
3: the last win, uh, and actually, very traditional ring. Uh, old. Uh Old-timers, I would say, when I say old-timers, Martin Dretti, um, A.J. Foy, La Sr., and Rick Mears, they use this this ring. Hmm. So it's like the Super Bowl ring, but the Super Bowl ring, it's very big. That's, that's human size. <laughs> exactly. So this is, a, this is a, a wearable size that you can wear every day, and, and that's what I do. It, so. I'm going to go get me one on Canal Street. <laughs> yeah, right. Hey, I bet
1: you will
0: be real, too. Right. Uh, Alio <laughs> Nevis. look for him, row four. Of this Indianapolis 500. Uh, we start out with watching the Monaco Grand Prix. Well, I'm going to be watching the Monaco Grand good Prix. Job. And then it goes to the Indianapolis 500. And then it will go to NASCAR's Coca Cola 600. Yeah. And
1: then me trying to get home from Boston with my son in the back. Yeah. Driving a little slower. I'm driving yeah. a little slower.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Elio, thank you so much. I'm so glad and very good luck to you. Thanks for having me, guys. You know what it means if we have now another guy who is. A four-time winner of the Indianapolis 500. If he wins, he would only be the fourth. You have AJ Foyt, Rick Mears, uh, oh, Al Unser, Al Unser Senior, and you would have now Elio Castroneves. Yeah. Okay. No, I mean that that's huge. I mean, it's you, I've it, heard of those guys. So that's I good. mean, you're talking like this race has been going on forever since 1911, and only four guys have won it. Uh, hopefully. If Elio wins, he would be the fourth guy to win it four times.
1: Well, since you're so into this, and since your improvisation on the show has been so good <laughs> in recent weeks, <laughs> I'm going to take a step from the U.S. Congress here. I'm going to yield back my time, my takeaway time,
0: to you. Oh, then, Give good. me something else, Bart. Then, me, then give I, do, I, have, I do have something else. else. I knew you would. I do have something else. I knew you would. It's, first of all, Danica Patrick is going to be in the booth now for NBC uh, because this is the first year NBC will be broadcasting the race. Yes, for many years I was used to watching it on ABC. They used to broadcast it since 1965 up until now. What's going to happen? So NBC will take over. So I want to see what NBC does that's different than what ABC used to.
1: Isn't Dale Earnhardt Jr. going to be there too?
0: That's right. That's right. That's Mr. So, and Mike Tirico is probably going to be you know the the head guy. For Syracuse
1: this. is Mike
2: Tirico. That's yes, right. I would like to see, I'm not a big race guy, obviously, um, but Michael, you included here, the people I know who are, when I say I'm not, always say the same thing. There's so much more to it than your casual fan understands. I would like to see NBC or some other form of, of race coverage really get into the details there. I thought Elio was really interesting when he talked about the the teams and the things that he learns on his car that might help his teammates on the track as well. I'd like to hear more of the conversations between pit and driver. You know what 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 they're considering in terms of gas mileage, et cetera. I want more of the the strategy underlying the racing, and it might make me a bigger fan if I if I had a better understanding of the underlying working of it.
3: My goal is to be the number one pick.
0: That's something I've been dreaming of since i a kid. It feels better to be number one than number five. I wear the number because of Mike. We have a chance to go for three in a row. Good numbers at a good time. When I first started wearing that number, I was just happy and proud. Bloomberg Business of Sports, the number of the week. Number of the week, number 32. I can't participate. It's like, was that like the old game show to tell the truth? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you have you to yourself. You and I, yourself.
1: we conspired. I mean, we didn't conspire oh, oh, against you. I got it, I got it, I got it. Wait, Medina is waving furiously producer Medina Paloma is waving it's like she's waving the checkered flag behind the glass that's because I actually know this one I actually know this one Medina handle it yeah yeah I know but Eben but Eben wanted to answer it all right no we'll leave Eben. out wait just can you whisper in my ear first okay I'll say it in your ear okay we're we're gonna have silence for a second but whisper in my ear what you think it is she knows it she knows it
0: she knows it I know
1: it too I know it too okay yeah 32 a number of teams in the NFL
0: no. Done. But it is, <laughs> NFL, re- it is NFL related. <laughs> Thank you. It, it is, is NFL related?
1: related. I'm not wrong. Medina, give Good. me the answer. Okay, it's basically OJ Simpson's old jersey, number 32. After 42 years, the Buffalo Bills are actually going to give the number away. Boom. There you That's go. correct. Boom.
0: Mm. Boom. Boom.
1: I do actually, one, pay attention. And number two, know a little bit of my business of sports.
2: Boom. Oh, man. Who, uh, who's getting it? That we don't know. Well, I yeah, don't know.
0: That's and, that's up there.
2: And what's the reason?
0: Well, I mean, <laughs> for obviously, you know, when then later on when he got into trouble, that number just stayed there. But I, I think uh, it's been out of commission before that, but didn't they retire the number? So the team, sure no no Bills player has no asked Bills, for
2: 32 or the no team Bills has not been willing has, to give it? No Bills player has given 32.
0: out the number 32.
2: So right. suddenly something happened in 2019 that Bills ownership, the Pagulas, said, you know what? Let's, we're, let's we're ready reissue Let's the number. To have another 32. Yes. I would have thought that they would have been excited about giving away 32 to move past...
0: I'm sorry. It, it, it is... Uh, uh, there is a guy that's going to get it. Perry. Uh, I'm sure there is. Yeah. He's going to get the number. Uh, the veteran running back. He's going to get the number 32.
1: You see, I just read something quickly. I send it to Barr for number of the week and you know, I, I expect him to do the research. <laughs> now I know I have to... Interesting. Now, it's more a handhold.
2: <laughs> you can buy that on Fanatics, by the way. That's, that's exactly
1: <laughs> right.
0: Uh, you're listening to Bloomberg Business of Sports. We're here each and every week for you at the same time plus online as a podcast and you can catch that Mondays, Wednesdays and Thursdays on Michael Barr on Twitter at Big Bar Sports
1: I'm Evan Novi Williams at Novi underscore Williams and I'm Scott Soshnick you can follow me on Twitter at Soshnick thank you very much for joining us please tune in next week when we speak with the man in charge of sports content at Facebook Dan Reed
0: nice guy handsome guy too is he? he is just telling yes, the yes nice and handsome yes like you Thank you. Okay. Uh, You're listening to Bloomberg Business of Sports, Bloomberg Radio around the world.